0: What if business could be fun? This podcast is for people who no longer want work to be a four-letter word. It is a comedic look at the myths of work, life, and balance, where we expose the kind of thinking that sucks your will to live, and we replace it with powerful, easy-to-use tools so that you can shift gears and laugh about it all. The only requirement to listen is you need to be human. Hello excited. Hi, everybody. Elaine Williams here. We I am with the Still Human podcast with my fabulous and amazing podcast partner, Kathy Keegan. It is February 16th, 2021, the winter of our discontent. Anyway, So excited to be here because I know we're going to laugh, we're going to have fun, and we have an amazing guest for you. So just want to welcome you if you're just joining us. We're so delighted that you're here. We started this podcast because we wanted to take a comedic look at life and coaching and being an entrepreneur and peel back the curtain behind coaching and the big masterminds because Kathy and I had been in a bunch and we were like, if only we had known this one thing. And so we wanted to, you know, share And the name is still human, because even though we're both amazing coaches, sometimes we can't, we have to get help for ourselves. So (laughs) welcome, welcome, welcome. And Kathy Keegan is this amazing coach who is, her mission is to end needless workplace suffering. And she helps people deal with their bosses. And if you work for yourself, that can be just as challenging. (laughs) So good morning. Good morning, Elaine.
1: It is so good to see you. We had about a foot of snow here in Chicago last night, so it's finally living up to its reputation. So I'm very happy about that. Um, can you believe I'm happy about snow? That's a little odd. Well, I've been telling people it's zero degrees. Yeah, but we're, we we can't complain because um, we have a very special guest with us today, Kim Corvin, who... Um, just is a master of no. She's a high priestess of many things. We got to come up with a new thing, like rather than master, because master can either mean single young man, or it can also have a negative connotation, right, in terms of slavery. So we need a better word. So I'm going to go with high priestess of um, of what is it called? Land 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 titles and. And really, this is a complete. There's a segue right here, which is that she is um, the the proponent of peaceful divorce. Peaceful divorce, where everybody wins. Um, Kim, welcome, 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 welcome. You know, uh, a lot of what I think you you're dealing with is a lot of what we all need to learn. Just even in terms of workplaces you know, write speech, how we communicate with people, the words we use. So tell us a little bit about you and how you came to this. How I came to this,
0: it's funny. So I am a conflict avoider. <laughs> oh, oh, I can, I resemble that remark. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> so I, I ended up dating
2: this fellow who, When he proposed, my entire body screamed, say no, say no. And I'm like, we're eight hours from home. That drive is going to be super awkward. Well, how how bad could it be to say yes? (laughs) (laughs) So I didn't listen to my inner guidance system. And, and even uh, our compromised church was a Catholic church, and we had to do, you know, the marriage prep. And the priest told us, you two should not get married, not in so many words, but he was, you're like on two different railroad tracks. And we thought, what in the heck does a priest know about marriage? So, so we got married. So fast forward to me realizing, "Mm, this is not working. This is not working at all. And I spent about three years uh, going back and forth, like, this isn't working, this isn't working. And in the end, uh, it was, I realized that we were all being harmed uh, by my husband and I staying together. But the communication was horrible. And, you know, our kids were acting out. My son was at the principal's office, but once a month, sometimes more frequently.
0: And he was seven. <laughs> oh, I was, you know, you said that I was like thinking I had pictured like high school or something. And then I was like, oh, seven. Whoa. Okay. And I, I
2: remembered back to the big proposal. Like, I really wanted to blame my husband because I had practiced family law. I knew all about it, and I wanted to blame him. But I thought back to that proposal and went, well, you didn't listen to your instincts, Kim. And I remember even thinking about, well, I should bring a court action so that he can't see the kids because he's such a horrible human being, right? Because that's where the mind goes. And I'm like, Kim... You've never said anything about any of this to anyone. A judge would just laugh at you and say, this is a power play and get out of town. So it was like, well, I said yes. And that really started to shift things. The other thing that had happened was when I had practiced family law, I had done one child protection uh, case where I represented mom and mom had found a social worker to support her. And the social worker always said, you know, kids love their parents no matter what. Doesn't matter what the parents do, children love their parents. And that had kind of, it it stuck with me. And so when I was thinking about ending my marriage, my goal was just that my children would have the best relationship possible with their dad. I was confident that they would have a good relationship with me Ah. for whatever reason. And it was just that they'd have a really good relationship with their dad. So that was how I set out. And that transformed how I approached it. Because when you're wanting your children to have a good relationship with the other parents, You know, for me to have said, you're a loser, you're this, you're that, to attach all these labels and to have had it all blown up,
1: (laughs) would not have worked. No, and we know of many cases where that is the case. And it's such a brilliant, brilliant point that it is is about, you have children. And so, yes, the children are going to love both parents. They just are. You know, and um, that often is later on in the equation. And of course, you have all these understandable emotions, you know, the fight or flight, the being angry, the, you know, I used to believe that you had to be angry in order to make a decision to say no.
0: Yeah, me too. The conflict avoider. I'm like, what? You you, you don't have to be angry? Really? Are you? <laughs> Well, I, yeah, no, I, I love this story and I guess, you know, I'm, I'm a child of divorce and, um, Kathy may wish she had been a child of divorce. No, I'm just totally kidding. I like to, I like to infuse humor every chance I get when I'm with this woman. Um, but I, I love what you're saying, Kim. You know, I did work with Debbie Ford who wrote Spiritual Divorce and I did the training and people were like, Elaine, you can't coach that. You've never been married. And that is a good that is a good point, but I went through a mediation with lawyers in spite of not being married. Now that takes a special talent, but, but anyway, my point is, my point is that's so beautiful, Kim, because I think, I think you have to have a certain level of maturity that some, and I, I can't imagine the pain and the trauma, but if you're so in your own stuff, you can't, I I think sometimes people have a harder time thinking about what's good for the kids, truthfully, right? Well,
2: what happens in the legal system, because we're all based on the British system. You're based on the British system. I'm based on the British system. Divorce in the British system, like, it is just civil law. And in civil law, it is about, um, you know, I'm not going to, I'm going to wait for you to sue me. And and I'm not going to give you any information until I absolutely have to. And I'm going to say, I'm going to defend vigorously. And defending vigorously means I take zero responsibility. You are 100% responsible for this. So if it's a car that I bought from you, Elaine, and it turns out to be a lemon, and I'm saying, Elaine, you did not take care of this car. It's not really personal. But when we look at, this is somebody you loved, because it's the same framework for divorce, okay? So this is somebody you once loved, and you're saying, oh, this person who I once loved did this wrong and this wrong and this wrong, and it's the world's worst parent because of X, Y, Z. You can see how you get World War III really quick, and how the trauma just escalates. And why people yeah, and why people spend so much money and they're traumatized for years, but it's the whole system, right? Like when people get married, you don't you, you you get engaged and the first thing you do is not go out and buy a marriage license. You do not deal with the legality first. You plan the life event first. Yeah, you plan the event and and you have a goal and it's all like life, how you handle life. And when you we look at divorce, for some reason we say, oh, it's this big legal issue. I need this legal professional to help me because, you know, you're feeling like a failure. But really, if you approach it like a life event and go, oh, where do I want to be in six months time? How do I want this experience to be? Cuz the only thing the court really needs to decide is ending the marriage. Everything else there's a lot of latitude to figure out how it's going to work for you. And when you take
0: w- when you take that approach, people want to be fair. It's way cool. I love that. You know, Kim one of my best friends um, is a divorce, uh, family law, I think is the correct term, in Austin, Texas. And I've been begging her to write a book because, um, you know, she was saying how there's patterns. And and I, I just want to say, I have never had the guts to get married. So I just want to be like, I am not judging anybody because I have been invited a couple of times and I just, for whatever reason, I did trust my gut, even though I am so conflict averse but it's not about me today but um anyway I was begging Kathy can you please write a book because I'm sorry not not this Kathy but my my it's such a good name Kathy I have like 10 Kathy friends and so she was saying how there's a pattern how you know you get swept away in the planning of the wedding and then there's a baby or two and then a lot of times once the baby becomes a toddler people look at each other and go oh yeah this no you know like there's a certain and then Sometimes when the parents get, I mean, the kids get through high school, the parents go, okay, we made it. Peace out. You know, and, and I feel like there's so much pain and trauma and shame and self-judgment and self-hatred on top of all of this stuff. I feel like if people, if the average person knew, oh, this is a pattern, you know, if we could study this before we even go into it, right? Like. And what takes, you know, the skills you take to get married are very different than the skills it takes to stay married, I, I would imagine. Anyway, any thoughts on that? It's interesting
2: because we plan the event. We plan the big day. In terms of married life, it's, and they lived happily ever after. Right. <laughs> Who's going to clean the kitty litter? It takes no work. None, you know, to live
0: happy ever after. And he stayed cute and handsome and she stayed a size four like Disney draws. <laughs> and there's
2: no gravity at all.
1: Right. You're right. That's the part that we don't talk about is the day to day. And of course, it's one of the reasons we also created this podcast was to talk about that in between stuff that doesn't get talked about. What is it like? Someone might look at you on the outside and say, wow, you seem to breeze through things. And I remember this happening years ago when we were doing, when I was doing some singing and we had a master class. Oh, there I am using that word again. But anyway, that's what they call it. And um, it's a high priestess class. And so I got up and I sang. And there was this other woman in the class who did not like me very much. And she's just like, you just don't even get nervous. And I looked at her and I said, I've been to the bathroom 11 times. I will now not pee. (laughs) I, I will not pee for another 24 hours. And so, no, I don't show it. Would you pay to see someone who looked nervous? Never. But it doesn't mean that behind the scenes there isn't other stuff going on. And so this is the same thing here. What are those building blocks? What is that like? What is the prep work you do? And so to really dig into this space and call it a life event is, a, is a, just a much better way to reframe what this really is. It happens.
2: It happens. And, and one of the best resources I found more than a year after I asked my husband to move out, and he did, was Elizabeth Lesser's book, Broken Open. And there's a chapter in there called Bozos on the Bus. And it's about how, you know, we look at other people and go, man, you have it so together. I just want to be like you. But in, but in reality, that person's just a bozo on a different bus.
1: Right. And having having all the same things. Um, that used to, yeah, it's, it's, it's also called comparing your insides to people's outsides right? I mean, there's a reason why if you go see a show, it's now been over a year since anyone was able to see a live show. But when you go to Broadway to see something, you know, it's a well-oiled machine. They practiced. You're not going to pay to watch them stumble around and, and forget their lines, you know? And so, but the work getting up to it. So for you, um, Elaine, when you're preparing for standup, you know, there's a lot of work involved in that and a lot of, you know, just Things behind the scenes that we don't see.
0: Absolutely, you know, Kim. I want to thank you, and I and I can't wait to go see a show. Oh my god! Right. So, so Kim, I'm curious for the for the listeners who, um, like me, who maybe haven't gotten married, uh, or or maybe they are doing okay in their marriage. But I I would love to hear more about you know you were you said you're on a conflict avoider, and I know that resonates so deeply with me. Can you tell us how you, I mean, obviously pain became so much and you realized you were hurting your kids, but can you tell us, do you help people with that? Do you help people who aren't going through divorce? Like how have you, um, helped yourself get over that? Um,
2: I, I do help people outside of divorce and it's really about honoring, um, the other person and honoring the relationship. You know, we tend to when we're in conflict to focus on we're looking for everything that other person's doing wrong to reinforce our position. And and I remember once I worked with farmers out doing adult education in a farm cooperative, and I worked with the elected officials, and we were we had gathered for a big meeting. And it was a big football game, Canadian Grey Cup. The day before, we're all sitting around watching, and I'm the no, 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 Canadian football. But I'm I'm knitting a sweater, and this one old farmer in in his mid sixties, he looks at me and he says, "And my sweater's green. He's shouldn't that be pink or blue?" And I was like, "What the heck do I do?" Shh. And I just kept knitting, and he, and later he said the same thing, and I gave him the death stare that I learned from judo, competing in judo, and I said, you have me confused with someone else, (laughs) but, but, but I, you know, so no passive aggressive there,
0: in that example, You have me confused with someone
2: else. So, but I had to work with this guy. And it was like, holy crap, how am I going to work with him? Because I was really mad. What I ended up doing, and this is long before divorce, was I focused on what could I learn from him, He was in my path for a reason. What could I learn from him? What I learned was he was the most fabulous individual at working with volunteers. He's the only person who I've ever known who, when a meeting is supposed to end, if they're in the middle of a discussion, he would end it. Because he had promised we'd start at this time and we would end at this time. He had the best turnouts ever.
1: Because his people knew he respected their time. That's a, You know, that to me, I mean, meeting hygiene, man, that's my jam.
0: <laughs> I'm like, what? Yeah. yeah.
1: And that shows respect. Go it ahead. shows respect. But it's, it's, it's about what can I... And, and when it's somebody who you
2: have a longer term relationship with, I actually thought through my best memories with my husband. So when I told him that we needed to separate, I included some of those. You know, like the fact that we once set up a tent in the living room and had the TV on a coffee table by the door and watched Grumpy Old Man. And my husband turned to me and he said, you know, I've dated some real cows and you're not one of them. It's, it's one of my best memories, you know, because he's not a self-righteous
1: devil. It was a compliment. Wow, you—you you had me at "you're not a cow."
2: <laughs> but you know, in the right circumstance, it isn't the words; it's the
0: meaning behind it. The them. meaning behind it—it's the tent, it's the whole experience. So it was
2: just—it was just really, really a lovely, you know. It, it's not what we think good memories will be, we think, oh, that's the flowers and the going to a show. But it's those little real moments when you're real together. So that was one of the things I shared with him. And I was able to say, you know, that was 10 years ago before we were married and we really haven't had any good memories since our honeymoon. And you're stressed and i'm stressed and and we're not bringing out the best in our kids and they deserve us to set a better example
1: you know i just think that's so uh, you know how do we how do we help or support or what is the support out there to help someone move from that initial stage of just being so angry because certain things can happen in relationships and someone does have sort of what you might call righteous anger at something that happened and sort of helping people deal with that, acknowledge it because it's very, very real, but also at the same time being able to say, we still have to move forward. You know, we still have to, we still have to go on, you know, and we may need to go on, but apart.
2: Well, and we can't change the past. Right. It happened. So why so why toss a lot of emotion back
1: at it? Let's look at... You know, I, I've heard that. that That's the story. I've heard yeah. that about couples therapy, where what happens there is you're spending a lot of time in the past, and so you're kind of regurgitating stuff and bringing it to light that is still painful as opposed to saying, how do we move forward? Not without pretending it didn't happen, but there, there is that sort of marvelous middle where I think you can work from.
2: Well, and, and let's face it, our society, we are encouraged to focus on the negative because then we'll buy more. You know, that retail therapy. I don't I don't go there. And I work as a mediator and I also work as a consultant. So I'll do the, the whole separate in peace with one person, even when it's coercive control, really ugly stuff, but to help people move forward. And there's, I'm not this, oh, poor you, you've been through so much crap. I don't want to talk about the crap. The crap, it keeps you stuck. We look at, what did you like about this person? what are your best memories? It's like, if you can accept that the end of a relationship is like a death, you know, if somebody in your family died, you wouldn't be in the eulogy. You, you're, you don't talk about everything that went wrong, everything that that person
1: did. You gloss the person out. Well, I actually had someone who worked with me years ago. Uh, somebody passed away very suddenly and, um, And people were very, very sad about it. But this person had worked closely with that person, was like, why is everybody saying nice things? You know, she didn't do this and she never talked to me about this. And And I didn't know that. And I didn't know the other thing. And I said, I don't know whether it's manners or what, but we try to remember the positive. You can still have your moments that were hard for you. But the general gist of this is to celebrate who they were in life. But it was very interesting because she was being very, very real. She's like, I don't get this.
0: What? This lady was a bitch. So no, I love that. I mean, I, you know, I'm thinking, I know we're talking about the gentle way, but I feel like forgiveness and being able to move on is is one of the themes here. And, you know, my stepmother was incredibly abusive, my, my greatest teacher. And I, I worked on her for 20. I took her into every landmark course I ever did, you know, And I, when she passed, I had my own ceremony to a tree and, and believe me, I probably wrote 50 letters over the years, you know, of different things. And I was always trying to work on my part. And then I finally got like, she's really, you know, anyway, but when I, when we led a memorial for her, when she passed, everyone came into the circle and talked about what she was like before she got so sick. And it was just so beautiful. And, um, and I'm just wondering, you know, I, I'm, I, I guess what I'm thinking about is that unconscious coupling. Do you feel like that you do a version of, is it, or is it conscious uncoupling?
1: Okay. Or un- unconscious uncoupling.
0: Sorry. Unconscious coupling is what I did in my twenties <laughs> and thirties. Okay. That's uh that would be my entire, I, you know, I, I'd make out with a guy, wake up in bed. Oh, I have a new boyfriend. Okay, cool. Awesome. Yeah, I, we're in Vegas. Okay. What's your name again? Okay. No. Uh, sorry. Uh, yeah, conscious <laughs> uncoupling is what I meant to say. It is, and,
2: but the, the one thing that's different is I don't have law on a pedestal. Everybody else, because they're not part of the system who works in in divorce, they either do it as a lawyer or as a therapist, right, or as a coach. And I go, law is just, so what happened? I drafted my own separation agreement, and there's no mention of custody. Custody, traditionally, custody is a property term. Because kids, let's face it. Kids and women were property. Kim, are you a lawyer? I, I'm not anymore, but I was for over 20 years.
0: Yeah. Just to clarify so you drafted your own
2: separation agreement, and there's no mention of custody. It said I'm the primary caregiver. And my lawyer, because I needed a lawyer to sign off on it, and she's like, Kim, this is really bad. You, you, you need to mention custody because when things go wrong, you're not going to be able to take it to court because you haven't mentioned it. And I'm like, we can't have custody. And I talked about the reasons why we couldn't have custody in the agreement. My, my former spouse, there'd be times when it'd be incredibly difficult for him to make a decision. And our son had a behavior issue that needed to get dealt with. So if it had been joint custody any of my spouse my former spouse if he couldn't make a decision and our son needed help I couldn't have that. And if, and and my re- response wasn't to say well then I get to make all the decisions. No, because I knew that would not be fair to my former partner. And that that would be a flag for him that would create fighting. Like, I knew if custody was mentioned, we would fight for at least five years, fight in court, and spend money we didn't have. So my lawyer and I had this really robust discussion. I was not.
0: (laughs) Is that a classy way to say you almost fought? Yes. Robust. Not a conflict avoider there.
2: And in the end, she said to me, well, you're going to you're, you are so stubborn about signing this agreement against my best professional advice. You're going to have to sign off that I advised you not to do this. And you can never sue me or the firm
0: when things go sideways. Oh, that's a vote of confidence. Yeah. Okay.
2: And I was mad and I was like, prepare the freaking letter. And so I signed it. And, I, and at the time, I thought, you know, like, I understand the risks. But for the average person who has not lived in the law, they would be going, oh, oh, I really don't know. You know, because you feel like a failure when your relationship's done. And they would have just done what the expert told them to do. Right. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I remember I remember feeling so much shame and grief. And the day of the mediation, when I had to go to this lawyer's office, I was gray. My skin was gray. And I remember thinking, wow, people go through this every day, but they have like dogs and kids. And, you know, like it it sucked for me, but it was, I, I remember thinking, this is something that happens every day in America. I wasn't thinking, that, you know,
1: Yeah, I had the I had the opportunity to be in uh, a family court many years ago and to observe proceedings in a family court. And you it was it was it, it was really eye opening because what happens is through the legal system, you become the thing. You're the thing that needs to earn money. You're the thing that needs to do this. You become the thing that needs to become a cash cow in some way, whether you like the work you're doing or not. If you have a legal obligation to pay somebody, doesn't matter if you're really good at this and you're on a path and this career path and you're earning this much money, but you can earn more later. It's like, no, you need to earn more now, you know, and it was horrifying to watch people be turned into things. You know, and I think, I think, Kim, you hit the nail on the head when you said it's about objects. It's like, I'm not a car, you know, um, and I'm not a property. But, I, I, you know, so there's really, it's just a very, um, it's a particular view. Well, and, and there's this notion of
2: objectivity, because when I went through law school, I was, Oh, if anybody would tell me of a problem, I was, you need to go to court, you need to sue. Right, that's how you were trained. Yes, and there's a few eye-opening moments. So when I was a baby lawyer... Wee,
0: wee, baby lawyer. I'm like a baby Yoda? Are you like a baby Yoda? <laughs> Maybe I'm a baby Yoda now, but
2: I was a baby lawyer then. <laughs> Very different. And I represented these four gentlemen in a labor standards appeal. They'd done a hearing themselves. They were not successful. Three of them paid. One of them refused to. And he had told me he had this vintage car in his garage. I wanted to sue him so he would pay. It was a personal affront to me. How dare he? But Christmas was coming and the office had commissioned Christmas cards. And my little short client list, I could choose who to send Christmas cards to. And i would never had that before. <gasps> I could send Christmas cards to my clients. So there I am with my client list. And I'm wanting to send my Christmas cards to the other three who had paid me. And I didn't want to send one to him. But I thought, I can't leave them out. So he got a Christmas card too. A few weeks later, the receptionist called me, Kim. Come to come to reception, okay? And there was this gentleman. He was there um, to pay his bill, and he wanted to talk to me. And he apologized. Now, he said, "I was i have never had a lawyer send me a Christmas card before, and I'm being such a jerk to you." And
1: you sent me a
2: Christmas card.
1: I'm sorry. Wow. Wow. That's a, that's a, a, a big wow. What it, what it taught me was when you treat people right,
2: they treat you right. So it's like with my first husband, when I treated him right and how I told him, he didn't feel so rejected. It's It, it transforms. And the, the other thing about the legal system and people do well, I just want a cheap separation agreement. You don't have to use a cookie cutter. It doesn't have to be, oh, the kids are one week with mom, one week with dad. Yes. And if you have somebody who makes lots of, you know, lots of variation in income, usually, right, it's like like Kathy said, you have to make the maximum. Well, what if you go, you know, I've seen people go, okay, we're going to use this amount as a base to calculate support. But then every six months or every year, we're going to look at how much actually came in. So there's a lump sum toma up, up.
1: Yeah, so it's it's about being fair. It's about being respectful, which can be hard when you're in that emotional state. And I think, you know, it's a good reminder that when you are highly in a highly emotional state, which we all go into, right? Fight, flight, freeze, faint. <laughs> Fight, flight, freeze, faint, school of decision-making. And, and when you're in that when you're in that moment, right? The only thing you can do is say, no, or I don't know, or. Run. Um, and so that's not a moment to have any kind of negotiation. So it's kind of moving beyond that. And if you can find someone like Kim, then I think, you know, it, it just has such a respect for the humanity and the process. And, you know, and it puts people back into the equation, I think.
2: And, and I think people, if you give them a chance to act well,
0: they will. That's a powerful message. I love that. Well, and I, Kim, I just love your message. And I love that you were, you were a conflict avoider. And I love that story of like, oh, an eight hour car trip. I mean, I said yes to being engaged because I was on top of a Mayan temple. And I felt like I, I, I really don't have much of a choice here. My body was going, no. But my head was going, well, it's what you want. Well, you know that, well, which I've learned after, you know, 30 more years or 20 more years of like, you know, don't trust that voice. But but um, I love that you've made a whole career out of it and that you're teaching others. So if people want to know, so you help people you know, you help people learn how to deal with conflict. You help people go through mediation and then you coach other people. If they want to work on being better with conflict.
2: Well, I, I, I don't call me a coach because I'm very directive.
1: Okay. um. Are you a director? She's a consultant. Yeah, because I talk
2: with people and it's like, Oh, here's what you need to say. Here's what you need to do. I, I do free webinars. Like the last one was about the art of the difficult conversation. And I've started kind of calling myself a relationship mechanic. Because, well, when you have a car, if you see a puddle of oil under your car, you go, oh, I need to deal with it. Whereas if that was your relationship, you would just go, Oh, I don't think that's going to cause any trouble. I'll just keep going.
0: Until the car is knocking and shaking. And I love it. I love it. I love it. So if people want to know how, how do they get a hold of you? If they want to be on your list to hear about getting better with conflict and mechanics and oil changes. (laughs) So I, I offer a free 20
2: minute session. Um, exploration
0: and it's if people wanted to email
2: me at kim at gentlewaydivorce.com
0: kim k-i-m at Mm gentlewaydivorce.com
2: because the 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 gentle way is judo in english which i did competitively as a kid and it's two principles maximum efficiency with minimum effort
0: and then mutual welfare and benefit Ooh, judo. I want to, that sounds like, that sounds so cool. That's better. I was thinking of gentle way. It made me think of (laughs) X-Labs. Sorry, sorry. (laughs) That's where my my brain goes. Once a bulimic, always a bulimic. That's where I just, yeah.
2: (laughs) On my website under resources, there's actually one of the, resources is the script it's a script about how to tell your spouse uh, you want to end your marriage and I've actually upgraded it like so if people email me then I could give them the upgraded version because I'm in the midst of starting a
1: list because I always didn't have a list that's awesome so and your website is gentlewaydivorce.com correct
0: and it's this is so needed. I think it's one of the hardest conversations ever 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 which is why I have avoided ever, you know. But uh
2: what what's really interesting is couples will come to me and say, "We're splitting up."
1: And then we do the first session where
2: we honor the relationship and they're like,
1: "We want to work on this." Right. So you just never know what can happen. So being open
0: to that process, you never know. This is so awesome. Wow. Kim, I'm so, I just feel so like calm. You're just such a great calming, like judo. Awesome. And then Kathy Keegan, if you are listening and you need help dealing with your boss, dealing with your relationship with work, dealing with coworkers, dealing with anything that you feel like you could use some help, Kathy, what else can I say about you? Just delightful, delicious, delightful the de- lovely and she'll sing she's got a gorgeous voice she's excellent and how do people find you well, Kathy? it's funny you
1: should mention that it's wo wo what kathykeegan.com and elaine elaine the fabulous fabulous elaine the on-camera queen the high priestess of on-camera fabulousness captivate the crowd how would people get in touch with you
0: well, thank you for asking. Yes, and I am doing a really cool uh, masterclass once a month. It's free. So I invite everybody to come and connect with me. Elaine at CaptivateTheCrowd.com. CaptivateTheCrowd.com is the easiest way to get a hold of me. And I'm also, I have a new, cool, free Facebook page that is all about coming and playing with video, like a video playground to practice your video vi- visibility your videos, your storytelling. And the more you do that, the more influence you will build, which is the hot, hot way to get more people and have a bigger impact. So awesome. Thank you,
1: Kim. We're so happy. We just want to thank you for listening. And um, we're just we're so excited. Kim, you are just a gem. Thank you so
0: much for being with us today. Thank you for dropping all those pearls. And thank you. For listening and we love you and hang in there we're in the home stretch i'm not sure of what but i just keep telling myself that sometimes <laughs> right. bye-bye see you later bye everybody thank bye thank you so much yay you made it to the end thank you so much for listening we're so excited you were here feel free to reach out at still human podcast at gmail.com or Kathy at KathyKeegan.com or Elaine at CaptivateTheCrowd.com See you next time.